Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. I would like if you... Refer to me as Sir. Sir Marek Larwood. No, just Sir. Sir. This is Sir. Sir. That doesn't work, does it? No, you know it says it's Sir. This is Mr Larwood. Hello, Sir. Hello, Sir. Thank you for joining me, Sir. Yes, David. (laughs) It's going to be a very different podcast now, isn't it? Shut up. (laughs) Take off your pants and trousers. (laughs) In that order? Yes. That would be the worst punishment, wouldn't it? Take off your pants, then There's trousers. There's nothing worse than... And it's bad enough for being all to take off your trousers and pants off, but... By, by a headmaster. Yeah. But to pants take your tra- pants and trousers. It's just demeaning. It is. It is. Well, yeah. if you're a first-time listener, you've probably stopped listening by now. <laughs> Bye! Yeah, this is Film Fandango. We're going to be talking about current releases and then some films that our listeners have recommended to us as well. And um, the sexual antics of headmasters. That's right. Did your headmaster have any sexual antics that you know of? Not that I know of, no. Uh, my uh, headmistress at primary school uh, really liked uh, young boys' legs. What? Uh, she was called Mrs. Cadell. And we were, we were forced as uh, uniform to wear short shorts. And uh, when she visited the, uh, the secondary school, no, the juniors, so she was an infant teacher and visited the juniors, I remember hearing her uh, remarking to another teacher, where are all the lovely bare legs? Oh, God. It's a bit creepy. Uh, I did that when I was a little kid, wear shorts all year round at school. Yeah. Mental. Why is it? It's gone now. They don't do that shit anymore, no. do they? Well, I don't know. I've, I've not, I've not uh, loitered around a kid's playground for a long time. If you have loitered around kids' playgrounds, why not write in and tell us <laughs> what the situation with shorts is? Yeah, do, do kids still have to wear shorts all the time? I don't know. She was a bit of a legend, uh, the headmistress from my uh, infant school, because the back in the day, in the 80s, this was allowed... Uh, there was a nettles patch at the bottom of the playground to attract butterflies. I might interrupt you quickly. That screaming of children in the background is the children in the playground outside your flat. Yeah, there's a there's a playground inside the estate where I live. Just so the context not, of us talking about We're that. not sitting on a park bench overlooking a kid's playground. Talking, talking about, about shorts this. while the kids are screaming in the background. That is not that kind of podcast. I mean, yeah. it nearly is, but it's not that kind the net, of podcast. So back to the nettles Yeah, story. so there was a nettles patch to attract butterflies and... 
one a, a boy threw another boy into the nettles patch, like head first. It Good. was covered, head to toe in stings. So, as a punishment, uh, our headmistress threw him in. Wow! Yeah. That is a boy. He came into assembly the next day, the most sheepish boy ever. Like Stings really hurt. Yeah. My little brother told me that... Um, because when I, I was working with him in the woods, should I do to supplement my film? I know, you, you live in the woods, yeah. I You're got, a woodsman. I got stung by a nettle, and this is in February. Yeah. Really stung for ages. Oh, they it, do. Because it's the, it's the worst time to get stung. Yeah. When February, when they, they're just coming through. Yes. The very first nettles, they're very poisonous. Well, imagine that, but like a hundred times over yeah, your whole body. Yeah, if you get body. stung in August, if it's like September time. Yeah. It's a lot worse, less. Worse. Oh, is it? They yeah, lost easier. their potency. So I really wanted to know the time of the year that he was thrown. I remember being nettles. spring. I think. Yeah, the worst. Time, yeah, 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 it'd be bad. It'd be bad. But anyway, speaking of violent ladies, um, I went to see the film *Prevenge* this week, um, which is the latest film from uh, writer, director, actor Alice Lowe, who you may know from *Garth Marenghi's Dark Place* or *Sightseers*, the Ben Wheatley directed film. Uh, with Steve Oram, uh, again, about a violent uh, couple. Prevenge, if you don't know, is about a woman who is heavily pregnant, probably about seven months, and her she believes her she's feeling like she's losing control of her body and she's no longer uh, in the driving seat and her baby, her unborn baby, is telling her to do things. And Alistair was actually pregnant when she filmed this. She was five months pregnant when she wrote it. She was seven months pregnant when they filmed it. They filmed the whole thing in 11 days. Yeah. I mean, that is... I don't know if anyone has experience of a film set, but they can be long, uncomfortable days because you have to spend a lot of time on your feet or just waiting around on uncomfortable chairs on the set or whatever. And, yeah, I mean... Whiplash was filmed in 17 days, which is incredible. But direct and star in a film and be seven months pregnant. Yeah, yeah. But it's a very violent film because the baby is basically telling her to kill. And Um, Gemma Whelan's in it? This is one of the weirdest things for me about it, was that nearly everyone who's murdered is somebody I know. Mm. (laughs) So, I won't tell you who dies and who doesn't, but the cast includes... um, Gemma Whelan, uh, Camden Kongs, uh, the first lady of Wolfsburg, Gemma Whelan, Um, Tom Davis from uh, uh, Murder and Successful, thank you, Uh, Mike Wozniak is in it, Tom Meaton is in it, Um, Kate Dickey is in it from Game of Thrones, and also Joe Hartley, um, who's absolutely brilliant. If you know This Is England, she plays um, uh, Sean's mum. In that she's always got the big glasses. Oh, okay. Um, I think she's absolutely brilliant, Joe Hartley. But she's she's her nurse in this, and Kay Van Novak is also in it um, as basically the the ultimate goal of this uh, revenge killing spree. Um, Dan Skinner is in it as well. So it's it's a it's a great ensemble cast of sort of uh, comic actors from mm. from Britain and. Alice Lowe sort of assembled them into this uh, grimy short story about a woman feeling she is no longer in control of her body. Is it got the same feel as that sightseers? Because all these, all this lot from there's a thing called Ealing Live. Which, That's right. Which was a, a big group of comedians 
before we really came on yeah, the Yeah, it all sort of wound up by the time we came on. And they're all filmmakers. So Steve Oram, who did our... Uh... Yeah, and Sightseers. Yeah. Uh, he, he was in it, and Tony Way did stuff with them. Yeah. Um, the Boosh guys were around that time, they all, weren't they? they all, yeah, they all sort of know each other. And they, for example, Gareth Tunley. Yes. Um, he, he's done The Ghoul. The Ghoul starring Tom Meaton as well, which yeah. they're looking for distribution. I think they've just got into some cinemas now, but I've heard very good things about The Ghoul. They've all got quite similar sort of... Very dark aesthetic feel, yeah. to it, you know, really sort of want to get under your skin and creep you out. So is this weird or scary? Yeah, I, I would say m- closer to weird than scary. I mean, you're on the you're seeing everything through the eyes of the killer, and so you're sort of trying to empathise with her while she becomes less and less uh, human. Um, but it's got a very sort of Alice Lowe actually mundane sense of humour at the same time as doing something so uh, extraordinary. So it, it is very funny in places, you know, it's very good, but it, it feels very British and, and small at the same time as being sort of very heightened. Um, but it's good. It's, a good, it's a good film. And to to have written this and then shot it in 11 days and just like, it's, well, you know, good luck to it because it's, I mean, it's impressive. It's really impressive. What's it like, similar to then? Is it similar to Sightseers? Is it quite it gore, is is it very, or? It's very similar to Sightseers, both in its themes and, you know, aesthetic and everything, I think. Um, the feel of it, the, the sort of atmosphere is very similar. This has a bit more going on in terms of it, what it's about, because it's got this whole allegory for being pregnant to it, you mm. know. If, if I had any criticism, I'd say that the script at times is a bit too much on the nose of telling you where we're at in the story and we're told rather than shown sometimes. But that's that's very much a, uh, uh, a thing of taste and the more time you have to develop the script, the more those those slightly sharp edges get shaved off, which is, you know... Uh, like the famous story of Ryan Gosling taking a big red pen to the script for Drive mm. you know it's just like we don't need that we don't need that we can do that with looks the music can do that all of that so there's a couple of those for, for me left in you know where we just go yeah no I was I was following it I didn't need to be led by the hand at that point which seems odd for such a weird film so at times it weirds you out and then others it goes no we're here we're here we're okay <laughs> um, but apart from that uh, it's it's very engaging you know it's just staying the whole hour and a half. Oh, definitely. I didn't get bored. I didn't get bored at all. Um, and it, it it does sort of build to a, a sort of fun climax as well. It, I feel like I'm watching a filmmaker slowly get better as well, which is quite exciting because I, I believe Sightseers was Alice Lowe's feature debut as a writer uh, and actor. And then this is she's taken the reins, presumably learnt some stuff from uh, Ben Wheatley as well. And then and you know and it's playing with similar themes, but this feels like um, a slightly more interesting film. And then you know we'll see what the third one is because that's when people's ideas come together the most. You know? mm. Did you watch it and think, oh shit, I should be making films? Uh, yeah, always. But I feel that whenever I watch a film. So. But even more so when you know those are the people in it. Yeah, well, that's weird. But they are a generation older than than us, really, in terms of the uh, their place on when they were doing live comedy and what they've 
gone on to do. It's interesting, you should say it from the Ealing Live, but a lot of those guys, it's film, specifically film is what they want to do, mm. you know, and they've poured all their energies into that. Um, and they're very good at it as well, I think. I mean, all of them are good, you know, excellent actors. Yeah. Um, but no, it's good and it's, it is very funny at times as well. Very funny. So I'd recommend it. It's only got a, um, a small release. I mean, even at the Picture House Central, you know, big old cinema with 12 screens or something in central London, it was on in its one of its smaller screens on the top floor with only one screening. Uh, oh, really? In the day, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, and that was the only time it was on. Yeah. Which for a horror film is a bit, a bit weird. It's only on in, you know, just after, straight after lunch. Yeah, and, yeah. But, you know, so you might have to track it down to find it. But if you like sort of a bit of an esoteric, very British slasher, then go see this one. It is worth seeing. All right, then. All right, then. Um, well, it's probably time for this. Um, alternative Oscars. It's the Oscars soon. It's this Sunday, isn't it? Well, friend Johnny's written. I'll read this first of all. Um, hello again. I hope you're doing well. A nice, in- a nice intro. No, I am doing intro. Right, yeah. As we're now in award season, I looked back at the past year's films and I thought about what awards I'd hand out. What would be your winners for the following categories? Okay. These are mine. Film, Sing Street. Interesting. Director, Damien Chabelle, La La Land. Best Actor, Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea. Best Actress, Leia Costa, Victoria. Best Supporting Actress, Felicity Jones, Monster Calls. Best Supporting Actor, John Goodman, Cloverfield Lane. Best Animation, Zootropolis, whatever it's called. Yeah. Best Foreign Film, Victoria. Thank you for reading. Love the podcast from the beginning. And say hi to Chris Webb. Buddy and Danielle and Simon. Who's Simon? Which Simon's that? Simon Fielder, maybe? Possibly, I don't know. Um, look forward to. Oh, oh, I didn't read that last bit. So, read those categories again. Who we. Uh... So, film, director, best actor, best actress, supporting actress, supporting actor, best animation, best foreign film. Christ, there's a lot of categories, aren't there? We'll um, pick these instead of the Oscars. Sure, we? just we don't have to go with their noms, do we? Yeah, we're our own people. We've got our own noms, thanks very much. Yeah. Um, well, best film, first off. I'm still, the ones I've seen are Monster Calls of this year, is my favourite, I think. I'll go with that, but I, I also I think Sing Street, um, that and Sing Street. Um, more I think about it, more I, I'm determined everyone should watch Sing Street we should have our own glitzy award ceremony shouldn't we the, the film Fandangis and uh, invite all of the A-listers to come along to a pub where, we can where give would out, you hold it I don't know I mean where can we get for free what can you give them as prizes um, uh, we can get old DVDs and uh, spray them gold <laughs> so it's basically a, a gold DVD box yeah or you could say, I'll tell you we can get quite cheap what Potatoes. They're quite cheap. Spray them gold. So I'll tape a potato to the front of it. How do you turn it into a sort of a thing you can put on your mantelpiece? We'll need to have something like in an egg cup. Can you get cheap no, egg you cups? Just get a DVD. Yeah. So I'll tape a potato to the front of it. Yeah. Spray it gold. That's good, isn't Who it? Who wouldn't want, wouldn't want that? No one wouldn't want it. No. Uh, well, we'll have to do that. Best um, director. God, 
trying to remember. Who do you think deserves it? For I really like Damien Chevelle. I watched Whiplash again recently. Yeah. And I just think he's great. Uh, I think the director of Moonlight as well. I talked about last week that Barry Jenkins yeah, did yeah. a good job. But I'll give it to Damien Chevelle. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm afraid I can't think of one. Why not give it to the Hunt for the Wilder People bloke? Oh, fucking Taika Waititi. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, good good shout. I will. I was thinking about the director of Son of Soul because that was beautifully directed yeah. and came out this year as well. But no, Taika Waititi. Done. Done. Um, so, best actor for you, Marek? Well, he's suggested Casey Affleck. And you were saying before that you didn't know whether he did good acting or... Yeah, or it was the people around him making him good but uh, no, I thought it was a good performance I, that, that comes out wrong but it's I, he wasn't the one moving me he was doing a performance of restraint while everyone else filled in the gaps underneath you know yes I watched a film where Casey Affleck was in uh, a week after that uh, Gone Baby Gone quite an old yeah. 10 years ago where he plays a young detective and it was quite sort of aggressive in that film which made me think that he was doing good acting okay. in Manchester by the Sea. So, uh, okay, so I think you can have that award. Okay, well, I would like to nominate uh, Lewis McDougall, uh, the boy at the centre of A Monster Calls. Good, he needs Because he needs. was brilliant for such a young lad holding such a dense part. I thought he was excellent. I hope he wins it. Yeah, hope it, what, the, the Fandangis? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he would like—he would appreciate that, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, he'd have a lovely time with his potato and his DVD. <laughs> That'd be great. Of a, bit. I almost want to nominate myself for one now. Well, you have to be in a film, Mary. Oh, it's so difficult these days. <laughs> uh, okay, best actress. I had this one in my head, but if you go first before I. Well, I would. Uh, I think there've been quite a few good parts. Um. I would probably go for uh, Leia Costa from Victoria for Best same Actress. As, same as he did. Yes, because uh, I thought she was absolutely hypnotic and to carry a one-take film in such a way is a hell of a skill. I will go for Hayley Squires from I, Daniel Blake, who I think carried that film. She was brilliant. I think she's been overlooked as well. Yeah. Um, do we have to do the supportings? Bit boring. Well, Michelle Williams was really great. In, yeah, I love Michelle Williams in uh, Manchester by the Sea. Uh, best supporting actor? What do you reckon? Um, I want to give it to. Who do you want to give it Daniel to? Daniel Radcliffe for playing. Do you? Dead, not really. I mean, it's quite funny that it's giving him an award for playing a dead man in Swiss <laughs> Army Man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd like to give it to Owen Wilson uh, for his performance in Lost in London because uh, I found him very funny and I can't think of anyone else I've enjoyed in a supporting role. Okay, maybe give it to Alan Tudyk for playing a robot in Rogue One. No, he'd like he'd appreciate that, wouldn't yeah, he? he would. um, okay, and best animation. I've I don't know if I've seen any animations this year. I think Kubo and Two Strings and Zootropolis. Yeah, you've seen all the animations. This I think year. the fact that Kubo and Two Strings was stop motion. Yeah. Makes it absolutely incredible. Everyone's saying it's Zootropolis, aren't they? But I Zootopia, whatever it's called. Give it to Kubo and the Two Strings as in terms of it, the animation side of things. Okay, uh, and uh, best foreign language film, Victoria. For me, 
Yeah, I agree. It's got to be, really. Um, well, there you go. There are our nominations for the Fandangis. Enjoy the Oscars. Why didn't you... Or don't. I mean, it's a terrible show. It's one of the worst shows on earth. Incredibly long, uh, a stupid time at night, and there's almost nothing entertaining about it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and yet we talk about it every year. Oh gosh! We did. Well, we, we've got a, we've quickly done a very brief Oscars one there. <laughs> yeah, we have. That'll do. That'll do. Okay, here's a quick email um, from Ben Evans. Do you want to read it? Yes, Ben. What have you said? He says hello there. I just randomly clicked on a Netflix film called Copenhagen, which I knew nothing about other than it was listed under romantic films. I didn't even stop to read the blurb. Anyway, it turned out it's pretty good. He must have been in a bit of a rush then, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he really I want to watch a film right now. Oh, then it... oh, I can't watch a film. Get out of the way. I need to watch a film. My bus arrives in 92 minutes. Uh, it really messes with your head. It's a kind of will-they-won't-they they thing, but you really don't want them to. <laughs> I like that idea. But you also kind of do. Uh, but no, they shouldn't. It starts off fairly annoying, but becomes one to remember. It's a bit like Attack the Block is in the in that way but more like once so the film attacked the block and the film once i haven't seen once i'm not doing a very good job to, of explaining it but i think you should watch it and have your brain pulled in many directions like i did eight bens wow and that's signed ben your faithful jingle writer so thank you ben for the, some uh, people like writing letters letters he also says p.s I've always loved your theme tune, and now you've explained it's David and Danielle, I like it even more. Is there any more to it? I'm afraid not, man. It was literally Danielle and I sitting in a room going, bling, bling. That's it. That's the entire song. Talking of recommendations, we are continuing on our... Quest? I'd like to call it a quest, if I may. I haven't been on it. Our quest to watch all films... That's what this podcast is about. And this is a recommendation back from the 3rd of January this year from Buck Redbuck, yep. who recommended one of his favourite films, Rolling Thunder from 1977, starring William Devane and Tommy Lee Jones, playing troubled prisoner of war soldiers who return home from Vietnam to find themselves emotionally disconnected from loved ones. Um, I mean... It sounds like all films about soldiers, doesn't it, really? But it's just... Some films are just solidly good. Yes. William Devane, I you recognise I recognised him from my mum my mum watching Knots Landing during the eighties. Do you remember Knots Landing? No. I remember it I remember it all. I, I can see every frame. It was a real uh Proper soap opera when lots of people were getting killed and having affairs, like an alarming amount. Right. Like, what happens in EastEnders? Speed it up. <laughs> um, just just always, the deaths. There was just always the death. a lot of drama in Knots Landing. I right. can tell you. Um, I recognise him from from that. He re- he's been in loads of stuff. He's one of those. Oh yes, I'm, I've just looked got him quite up. Quite a distinctive face. He does. He's, he's in quite uh, a villainous face. He's in the Dark Knight as the president. Yes, he's been around for ages. A very good actor, someone you don't associate with being a, a, a lead. And also, Tommy Lee Jones is in it. A very young Tommy Lee Jones, which odds, but even at a young age, you can tell he's going to be a star because he just 
hold the script. Ah, it's from 1977. I yeah. hadn't realised it's from he that far totally back. He totally dominates the Well, he was an American football player before that, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah. Uh, famously, uh, I think I'm right in this. It's not a apocryphal You're not thinking story. of AJ Simpson? Uh, no, I'm not. I mean, who was also an American football player? But um, Tommy Lee Jones was uh, the jock who, in, I think at college, shared a room with Al Gore, who was the nerd. Yeah. Yeah, they were roommates in college. And uh, I've heard a great story about Tommy Lee Jones spot-kicking shoes uh, on a uh, film studio. Do you want to hear that story? I don't know if it's true. I don't even... I like... like No no one from the industry has told me. I just read it somewhere. But that before... I think it was on The Fugitive or Men in Black or something. It was one of his films. And the director and the crew were playing a game before they were ready to shoot on the studio lot of sitting in a chair, the director's chair, taking their shoe off and balancing it on their toes and then trying to kick it into a dustbin across the studio to see who got the closest to getting it in. And that none of them had quite got it, but some were getting close and they were getting quite excited. And they're waiting for the actors to come out of costume and makeup. Anyway, Tommy Lee Jones announces his arrival by, uh, without even saying anything, suddenly a shoe flies over their heads, lands directly in the bucket, and he just goes, can someone get that for me? Great. <laughs> so fucking great. I really like Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's... It, this film was just... I love 70s and 80s films. I watched this on YouTube, the only place I could find it. Yeah. Know, it's, it's, it's all right. It's 40 years ago now. 40 sure. years ago, can you believe Everyone it? Everyone who made it's probably dead 40 they're all, years. They're all dead. Um, it's just, it feels a bit like a TV movie at the start, probably because I associate William Devane, or whatever his name is, with Knott's Landing. Yeah. And the actual feel of it isn't, doesn't feel like a big budget thing. Um, and the, the, he's obviously quite tortured through going through this weird being tortured by the Japanese and having odd flashbacks and he finds out that his wife you know thought he was dead and is now seeing his uh, going to get divorced and seeing his friend you right know, yeah yeah and his kid doesn't remember what he looks like and he's handling it quite well and you thought I think oh, things can't get he's handling it brilliantly things can't get any worse for this bloke yeah they do <laughs> <laughs> Something bad happens, <laughs> and he ends up teaming up with Tommy Lee Jones and going on a sort of revenge. Uh, well, twi- so we've got a we've got a revenge uh, theme in. I can't this really week's get any spo- to give away any spoilers, but it's just solid, a solid, good film. You know that some even occasionally you get the right blend of people together. Yes, and doesn't it feel uh, it's not spectacular anyway. And he sort of feels that you've seen things. In it before, so it feels quite familiar. Yeah, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, good! It's really great. I mean, it, it's those are two good actors. They're just watching them do. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones for me, it's all about the fugitive. When people just went, "Oh, just let him do that. Let him do that, and he will always be good." But he's you not know? in it that much, you know. It's oh, is mainly, he not? It's mainly the other guy, right? Um, but I just read in the trivia that Quentin Tarantino uh, named his distribution company after this film, uh, Rolling Thunder uh, Distribution. Uh, I don't who, know why I've not even who, heard of it. Before. Well, they used to they used to release cult classics and and stuff and went under. Uh, from well, it feels the, the actual uh, some scenes in it 
feel very reminiscent. Oh, no, obviously, like they inspired Quentin Tarantino. Right. Okay. You've definitely got that feeling. Uh oh, that's not the buddy. Come here. Come here. He's just barking at the oh, uh, the angry dog next door. I was door. worried that was some sort of revenge. Someone coming in to kill us both. No, no, that very rarely happens. But Bud's right on it if it does. Yeah. Well, I I sort of don't want to say too much more without spoiling it. But if you want to watch a good, solid 1977 film, uh, which works on all levels, it, it this is a, uh, a a good choice. I mean, he's uh, we're about to talk about a, a favorite revenge film, and he's mentioned Blue Ruin. I really love Blue yeah, Ruin. Yeah, Blue Ruin's great, and and the follow up, well, not follow up, but the next film from the same director, uh, Green Room, which isn't a revenge film, but is. Is still good, I think. I really like Green I found Room. it so brutal, Green Oh, it's horrendously brutal, yeah. Uh, but still, you know, sort of hypnotic to watch. So if you want to watch a... a for, I think it's been... I've not even heard this film at all, anyone talk about this film, other than this email. Rolling Thunder is a good old gem you can find on YouTube. And thank you very much for suggesting it. Thank you. Thank you, Buck. Red Buck. Rod- that can't be his real name. Why not? Buck Redbuck. Yeah. I mean, Gary Neville's dad's called Neville Neville. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Buck, Buck Rogers' dad was called. Roger? Roger Rogers. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, Roger Roger. Um, yeah. Well, so that's Buddy Licking. My that's a good hand. way to end, isn't it? Just, dog licking. And dog licking fade to Cue black. Gen- Lovely. <laughs> well, well, that's it for this week. Um, <laughs> One of the weirdest, weirdest endings. If you'd like to get in touch and recommend any films, then please go to filmfandango.com and you can contact us from there. And also we do all of this for free, so if you'd like to donate towards the show to keep it going, then um, go to filmfandango.com as well and you can see what to do from there. And everyone who has, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we will be back next week with... Everybody's <laughs> attacking me. We'll be back next week. Keep, Keep watching, watching the films. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.